Nintendo. NVC for the week of November 14th, 2014. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Podcast. Joining me is a regular crew. It's been a while once again, gentlemen. Brian has been a little busy. Brian Altano. Blah! I'm back. That, that is Mr. Braps, Brian Altano. To you, congratulations! You've Thank been, you. You got married. I got married. It's yeah. weird how I get a Mister now. I think I, I thought it was a Mister before, uh, but well, you're Mister now. It's Capital Mister. Yeah. Big thing in my hand. And also on the podcast, a gentleman who has been a Mister for a very long time. Oh man, Per wow. Schneider. It's a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm you got, here. That, is that your Link impression? That's my. my That's link. very good. Not bad. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I've been I've been playing Smash Brothers. So yeah, yeah. And, and now and Mario, Mario Kart. Kart yeah. Yes, we have a plenty to talk about on that. I like front. the death sound you did, by the way, because <laughs> it's always like. <laughs> he, he does that also when he's climbing up. He's like. <laughs> every time. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of gasping. All right, but before we get into sort of the stuff we've been playing and some of the new things that have walked in through the door or online or what have you, let's uh, close out some of last week's discussion on Nintendo Direct. So, had you seen... If you hear background noise, by the way, I apologize. <laughs> so, in the next room is Greg Miller and uh, our very own Babia, and uh, they are Madden playing Madden, oh, and yeah. it gets really loud, and they are Screaming right next door. Yeah. So, we are not starting fights at IGN. There's not violence and awful things mm-hmm. happening. It's just a lot of Greg screaming. Yeah. But, yeah, so Nintendo Direct, uh, our last podcast, we didn't really finish talking about Nintendo Direct, and there are two specific things we want to talk about, even briefly for folks. Yeah. So, the first one being Xenoblade Chronicles X which is the sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles, which came out on Wii. Uh, it's sort of a massive open-world RPG-style game. And they had a new trailer during the Direct, so I wanted to ask you guys sort of what are your feelings right now on it? Yeah, I, it's again, it's, it's one of those games where you need to play it to really kind of soak in the, the size and scope of the world. But the trailer showed you a little bit more, like it, it gave you a little bit more background, right? These... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a crash landing on an alien world. To study and, you know, native creatures, not naked uh, creatures. Huh? <laughs> native I know. Creatures. It sounds like Iwata says he's stu- they're studying naked creatures. Yeah, it was native no, but, ones. But they basically they establish a new civilization there, yeah. right? They show New Los Angeles, which there are even some like scenes of what looks like a regular LA backyard. Yes. Yeah. But in this weird, in this sci-fi setting, it's kind of cool. But yeah. I actually, I mean, it gave me a little bit more um, to look forward to in that it it seems like it is it's not just your standard you know RPG filled with battles like mm-hmm. sometimes it looks a lot like Monster Hunter just because of the scope or and Shadow size. of the Colossus right just Shadow there was of, a col- yeah. like a Colossus walking by yeah. but it does seem like it has that kind of explorer feeling too mm-hmm. right like their their missions side quests and things that are specifically about studying the wildlife and studying yeah, yeah, the planet yeah. so yeah. I like that and using the gamepad as sort of a way to study and survey this planet seems to be something they're trying they're starting to sort of toss our way. Early, in, yeah. especially in this trailer, you can um, see the little hexagons on the map yeah, too. As if like you, you need to explore each hex and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I will say Xenoblade Chronicles. Before I, I turn over to you, Brian, to hear what you thought of it, but uh, Xenoblade Chronicles had a lot of really smart ideas mm-hmm. for an RPG. One of the things that I really enjoyed about it was a. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played Final Fantasy twelve, but I Final did. Fantasy twelve had a very single player but MMO like big world idea approach. Xenoblade kind of refines it in some really, really cool ways, I thought, on Wii. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the Wii game, which may also be coming to new Nintendo 3DS, at least over here in the States. I know it's scheduled for mm-hmm. Japan. Um, but things like getting quests from people were, were something that you do in every RPG. But in this one, the minute you fill the requirement, no matter where you are, you instantly get rewards. You don't have to go back and do all the backtracking and right. find where this guy was once again. Like There was a lot of smart design there to just keep you moving forward and keep you exploring. So I'm yeah. interested to see how it applies to the sequel. Brian, what do you think so far? I'm interested. I like that. I, I feel like I'm more and more interested every time they peel back another layer of this mm. game. Uh, that being said, I am sort of daunted by how much there is going to be in this game. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I have the capacity in, more, in, my, in my life for a, a, a big 60, RPG? 70, 80-hour mm-hmm. game, which sucks because I've wanted to do that again ever since like the Super Nintendo days, right? Growing up mm-hmm. as a kid playing Final Fantasy games. Um, so... 
if it's something that I can sort of like peck away at for an hour or two here and there without me getting lost, my problem with RPGs is I'll play them for a little while and then I'll stop and then I'll go like a month and I'll come back and I'll be like, I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. So, yeah. But if it's something that it can sort of bring me in each time and invite me back, then I think just, I'll do it. Just release period-wise, I mean, it looks like it's going to be more of a kind of last quarter of the year kind of a game. Yeah, right? it's definitely just a September-October game, I would imagine. Maybe even as early as August, but I don't it, know. I think in Japan it has a definite timeline. You can tell it's still really in flux, and everything we always see is from is Japanese. They haven't even started to translate it, which is a, a lot of developers actually kind of start the translation process even when the game is not done because the scenario and a lot of the mm-hmm. script are already done, right? Like, they haven't really shown us anything well, yeah, in English. And, well, and they try to wait just because some scenarios are always in flux, and you yeah. don't want to pump money into translation to then find out you got to throw it all away but like, that's that, not cheap it just, it, yeah, that just worries me that that might be just a very late game in the year yeah. um, which to it's me a, yeah. it's all, I always have this issue where like all these big games all come out in the same month right like sure. n- now we're looking at a GTA re-release which I have to play there's you know Dragon Age do which you have is to play a, it I yeah I really like that game I, okay. I definitely want to play it again but they're you know the Assassin's Creed Dragon Age Far Cry all these big open world games coming out at the same time yeah and so I'm always hoping for an RPG when I actually have a little bit more time for that kind of game like a summer you know early summer sure but it always ends up being March or November you mm-hmm. know and uh, yeah sometimes we get lucky and it's February so mm-hmm. that, we, that it'll get us to June but you're right and yeah. that I would love I mean that would be a great maybe it'll be one of those games where it's it's I just announced for fall and then gets delayed until February and then I'm like, maybe I have we'll a see. month have to play they, this they've game. been right. they've been less direct at least in the states about when that game's coming out I mm-hmm. think but I guess we'll see but another but okay. I, I mean I, I would love to go deeper with a game like that right like RPGs um, there's obviously a lot of depth um, in this game it's just we only get snippets right like mm-hmm. in the case of of the direct Nintendo doesn't even do anything with the press like they yeah. don't let us play no it trailer. they don't show it to us yeah. they don't give us a trailer to host or rewind yeah. so you know we were kind of limited in, in our approach to that game yeah mm-hmm. okay so then another game that we should talk about before we get into what we're playing is Splatoon yeah they showed a Splatoon single player they talked about how it is a battle between squids that can transform into human form and uh, octopus yeah um, and uh you know that conti- it, the trailer was a lot of out of context action, hmm. a lot of out of context shots with but strange the- day of the tentacle like enemies. And yeah, like it was yeah. really weird yeah. looking. And, yeah. uh, and and the music was I thought also quirky and weird. But I'm still very curious to see how that game plays in the long run. Like it, what its single player campaign set out to be. Like is this just mirror mapping the the multiplayer mm-hmm. and sort of reuse repurposing that, those maps, or are they doing something a little more scripted? I didn't think so. From what I gathered, I saw a lot of environments that just seemed. A lot more uh, streamlined and mm-hmm. small. There were like mm-hmm. there was platforming based elements in that in sure. that game. Yeah, like puzzly things, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. little just little things to hop on and, and move around. And I don't really think lends itself to four players at once or whatever. My one of my favorite maneuvers I saw is the way sh- um, one of the characters went into squid form because all of the ink was on the ground. Went under a fence, came up behind an enemy, and just like took him out. So that's why that's cool. That's why I really love what they're doing with this game. One because it's it's something new from Nintendo, and two because it kind of reminds me of a mix between Portal and The Blob, mm-hmm. which I it's think just comparison. aesthetically is 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 like two two of the best looking things ever mm-hmm. made. So I, I really like that idea. And it's also it's it's it shows it's it's part of a bigger picture that's happening with Nintendo right now, which I really really love where they are as a company. And mm-hmm. it's because I think that they're in last place and they don't care and they're just throwing stuff out there and seeing what works and what sticks. I think they do care, but they're being scrappy as all I've ever seen. I, I just I think degree. that they're being extremely creative. They're not reserved and I think when when they're on the top, they're sort of just like playing their cards very carefully and right now they're just saying like, "Hey, we have all this awesome stuff. Let's throw it out there." Like yeah. they're dropping their guard a little bit. And something like Splatoon, I think would have been buried during the Wii era, but I think now it's maybe something that people are focusing on because they're putting some effort into it. Well, I also I mean, think it's very weird uh, historically, I'd love to see how many times this has been done in, in video game history, but where a company announces a game and shows you the multiplayer first and then the single player second is a, mm-hmm. a very interesting strategy. Well, it's new for Nintendo, but I yeah. will say one of the things I admire about Splatoon is it's one of the first times I've seen younger faces presenting those games to yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two co-directors are members of Miyamoto's team, and uh, I do feel that 
in the next coming months, we are going to start to see some more younger faces leading some of those designs. Um, Captain Toad, there's an example, I think, of that. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know the co-director on Mario 3D World was fairly young himself. Mm-hmm. Kenta Motokora, I thought, was like in his late 20s, but I mm-hmm. could be mistaken. Um, but it'll be interesting to see sort of the new talent become the new faces because it's not always going to be Miyamoto. We know no. that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're only getting older. He's only getting older. Yeah. And there is very much an identity to Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then let's talk about what came in this week. So where do we start? Let's uh, begin with Mario Kart 8's November DLC, which is finally ah, out. Love. So good. I just want to say, this has so, been so such an awesome few weeks for Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, they timed uh, their, their, fall, their holiday plans pretty good, I yeah. would say. So you're getting eight tracks. Uh, what is it? Four carts, three racers. Um, the tracks themselves are... Absolutely amazing, most of them. A couple um, new tires too. Yeah, yeah, a couple, yeah, a couple right. new rides. Yeah. Master yeah. cycle. Yeah. So, what do you think? What do you, what, what, how, how does this work? What, what's yeah. your favorite thing so far of this DLC? I oh. mean, I. It's so so. My thing is that I, a DLC is such a bad word. Always. Yeah, it and is. Mm-hmm. I, here, it is totally not. It's pronounced like, the look. Pronounced. And this is just like. This, it's just this big box of wonderful, crazy joy they threw at us last night, you know, okay. or yesterday, whatever it was. Um, and just to open it up and be like, I don't know what any of these courses are like. Um, well, you know, the three of them are like, three of them are remakes. Well, sure. But sure. even but that. They feel in, different, too. But yeah. in the Mario Kart 8 yeah. universe, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. That's I mean, right. they took Super Nintendo tracks and they literally turned them upside down. So yes. mm-hmm. um, it was really cool to just go through track by track last mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. Um, and then do a couple Grand Prix and then switch off, try new characters. Like, Let's start right off the bat. Like as Link as a character, it's something that for years I people I probably have asked for this, and I don't think they they knew why it should have worked. But it works way better than it has any right to. Like when he goes off a ramp and he's like yeah, and he puts a sword in the air. It's awesome, and it makes no sense. It's really triumphant that it's even happening. His horn. Oh, when you yeah, when you time the jumps perfectly too, and he pulls out the Triforce. Yeah, it's so cool. Um. I think that the uh, Tanuki Mario is a cool touch. It's, yeah, he's he's just got like a lot of personality. He's got that cool fuzzy hair. Yeah, he turns into a stone statue every once in a while. You know, too. the biggest hit in my house, of course, my daughter plays as uh, as Cat Peach. Cat Peach. Yeah, and like just because when you le- uh, you lose, she goes meow 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 meow. <laughs> like, she's just like will she fall also passes you. It's pretty it amazing. Says, yeah, yeah, I think she when she passes you, but she says <laughs> meow meow. Yeah, like, wait, so what? ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and already the Link Death Stare images are making their rounds on the internet. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. you were telling me about that. Oh There's yeah, some yeah, kind of like gif of. Link passing so, Link. So it, it's 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 sort of the smashification of Mario Kart, and I want to see more of it. I really like that they were just like, all right, we did the core game, we got out of the way, now we can have some fun, that we can yeah. do whatever we want. Yeah. So here's an F Zero course. Here's a, which is awesome. Oh my way. god. Yeah. yeah. Here's a here's a, a the music a on, on Mute City is what the podcast started with, by the way. And yeah. oh my goodness, the the new like jazzified the, the jazz <laughs> band yes. in the in the futuristic. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, but you, you you said DLC can be a dirty word in this case though you look at what's in it and it's like you'd start the Zelda course again I did not expect them to turn coins into rupees oh, by the way yeah. Greg, Greg Miller is eating Brian right uh, <laughs> uh, Bobby right now yeah. like if you hear that in the back we have to call someone um, and then in, in Mute City that you're replenishing your coins by going over the strip yeah. right well, the yeah. really, really it, it is really stuff. it's clever that they're using rules and, from those universes and Excite Bike yeah. is mm-hmm. randomized like how yeah. cool is it that they yeah. have this attention to detail Excite Bike yep. is randomized yeah, yeah. it's a it different changes. track at each really? time really yeah. They move some of the hills around, and even that platform that you ride off of near the end wow. is sometimes never even at the end. It's somewhere else. So how are people going to do speed runs on that? Like uh, chasing? Just, I don't know. It's people, a lot of hopping. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, actually, I was told it do- it isn't randomized in time attack. Ah, okay. yeah. Okay. So they take that's that really element away in only that mode. I believe that's what Corey from Nintendo told me when he yeah, was there. Yeah, uh, Excite Bike One was the course I probably had the most trouble with because you're I, not I, a hopper. Well, no, I am, but I just I felt that that was there was too much of it, and I did notice something interesting. There's an interesting strategy in that course when you get to an area where there's like five or ten ramps in a row, just knock somebody off the side because they pretty much can't get back up. <laughs> They're stuck between triangles on this little car. Like, yo, let me in. <laughs> you would find the dirty way to. Race. Oh, of course, that's of course. We're playing tonight. That's I how I become the world can, champion in Mario Kart. Oh, because you're such a good one at Smash. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have the, video one of, evidence. One of the best in the world of yeah. all time. Yeah. Okay, of all time. All right. Uh, the the Hyrule Castle one is really cool, if only because um, 
on the third lap, that middle area opens up, and you hear the chime, and there's a giant master sword that you can yep. drive through, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, you Whole can bunch. jump over yeah. that middle kind of, yeah. mm-hmm. almost like a whale. Well, you have yeah. to hit those gems to activate that ramp, so it's a pu- it's almost a puzzle. And yeah. you don't have to hit all three. You can hit two, and someone behind you hit the third yep. one, but you have to be ready at any time to go for the center because yeah. you want to get that ramp because it's a shortcut versus yeah. going around the side. And the... Uh, What's the one with the dragon? What's the that Chinese one called? dragon one? That yeah. one is like visually my oh favorite. My God, it yeah. looks so cool. so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And just the uh, um, just the the course layout on on the Yoshi track too. Yeah. Yeah. So many S curves. You Believe really got to ju- like yeah. skid left and right. You can go through the waterfall as sure. a as a shortcut. Yeah, I really like. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I really like uh, SNES Rainbow Road. Now I've yeah. never liked that oh, track really? ever. Yes, well, I've never been a fan because I always fell off. Even Mario well, Kart Seven, I was not genuinely like in love it mm-hmm. i really like well it's version. the fear course right like it yeah. is it was always such a hard course and then yeah. you know you fall off and yeah you want to talk about pushing people off the track that's the that course one. to do it and they undulate yeah. now like they have that the oh yeah, well, yeah. You know, and the it looks better than undul- anything yeah. that i've seen yeah, like even so cool. then the way they had it in uh the previous rainbow road 64 where it was sort of slower waves mm-hmm. these or waves the, are coming at you really the blinged fast. out thwomps yes mm-hmm. they're like silver silver thwomps they are mm-hmm. they are they're really cool. practically the key the like necklace on of a rat they look like they belong <laughs> on a rapper's neck chain like i mean it don't give anyone any ideas i'll buy I, one of those it's gonna happen and then there was the wario Mine course too, yeah, which, yeah, which to just pack. looks really good. Oh, man, it's, it's like a roller coaster. It, it really, really comes is. It reminds me of a Disney ride. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, some of those dips were always there, but they just look so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just and it has the sunlight and everything now yeah. that it just looks good. Absolutely. There's a there's a new ice stage which I feel is the weakest of the bunch. It's just not always it's not so. bad. Yeah, I hate is. ice. ice but it's it's not bad. It's just ice? sort of ice stages. It just sort of exists. It's it's your like textbook. Filler, filler track. Yeah, it's, you I, and I were talking about this. It, yeah. I'm not a fan either. Go it's, on. it's, but it's not bad. Like yeah. it's not a, an annoying ice stage. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to remember some of the names, but in past Mario Kart games, I'm always like, oh no, Skitty Ice Road. Yeah, or you know? Sherbert Land. But this or one something. is not like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more roller coaster, coaster. My still. favorite uh, implementation of like ice or snow in in uh, Mario Kart was Mount Wario. Like that. Okay, is, well that's that a, is the exception. That should yeah. be the rule from that now is on. An just exception. like do something just like that, and that will totally. Keep and, me on board. and that's where, like, seeing the existing courses and how some of them are different, right? Point to point races, like that should have given us a hint that the DLC wasn't going to be just your standard circuit tracks that yeah. are all the same, right? Like the and the, that there would be changes, like the rupees and, and mm-hmm. little track puzzles. It's just, I mean, such a good package. If you own Mario Kart, why would you not buy this? Yeah, I think Eight I was bucks, just, I was amazed at the the production value of some of the mm. tracks just like some of the details like when you're looking off to the side on the the chinese dragon level yep. and there's just insane things going on like I'm, you see little like little characters like little monks and stuff like that lucky to buddha yeah <laughs> like no, well, i don't know if he's buddha but he it's definitely very looks weird, weird. And it's very cool to see and the the mute city one is just like if oh god if they're not on the phone with people figuring out how to use those assets for a full-fledged f-zero game i don't know that's, what they're doing i mean that's no, all i could that. think of it's, when playing that i'm like man Please, just... There, there's, a, there's a moment uh, on that track where you hit six or seven speed boosts in a yeah, row. The, and, it, and I was driving in the uh, in the Captain Falcon car, mm-hmm. and I hit six or seven in a row, and for a second, my brain was like, you're playing F-Zero right now. Yeah. Like, it just... I blacked out, oh. and I forgot I was playing Mario Kart. Well, then somebody hit me with a blue shell, and I'm like, damn it! Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, wait till uh, Amiibo comes along. Uh, the Captain Falcon Amiibo is going to yeah. uh, unlock the costume. Then you'll really have uh, your F-Zero experience. Yeah, so that was the other thing that got updated with this yeah. version. So now they have an Amiibo section in it. Of course, most people can't use Amiibos yet because they're not out yet but yep. I tried a Mario Amiibo on mine and unlocked the, the me costume nice. I did that too which um, is interesting because it just gives you a Mario costume when you could just pick Mario but it is <laughs> yeah, kind of cool yeah. to see your race car driver in like a it's like a Formula One Mario costume. Yeah. It's like a legit Mario driving costume. They're very mean. It's like this stamp book that, or sticker book that has all the characters, and you're like, man, now I feel like I need to buy all I of them. I know. I did the you same thing. You know, if you're a completionist, you're like, yeah. there's, there's yeah. a little check mark next to it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I, I kind of secretly hope that the Samus or Star Fox costume means that there is a Samus or Metroid or Star Fox themed like course in the mm-hmm. next game, in yeah. the next DLC pack. Because we got to wait till May. We're yeah. in for a waiting game. It's a game. long it's a time. Long Is it May? Time. May. We are sitting here until May. However, oh. I'm not 100% uh, not convinced that as more waves of Amiibo come out, more, you'll probably see more costumes. Now, I don't know that for a fact, sure. but it yeah. would make sense to unlock more of them. Because you don't just want wave one and two figures from wave two. And it's not even all of wave one. It's like... 
two, four, six. I want to say it's like eight of them mm-hmm. from wave one and then two from wave two. Um, unlocking costumes and that's it. You walk away. There has to be more. So I, we'll see. And I, I mean, the, it seems like such a big gap. I have a feeling it's because they are working on the, the Smash Brothers DLC in between two that we'll see a release before May for Smash. Yeah. Presumably that's Namco's add-on. job. Huh? That's Namco's job. Yeah. That's not Nintendo's job, no, that's is That's true. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. They still play they, well, and uh, clearly that team's mm-hmm. working on something else, right? Yeah. Like every gotta team wants to get your Splatoon character into Smash. Yeah. You got to get your Rayman in there. Oh well. uh, yeah. yeah. Well, since we're on the topic, let's talk <laughs> about Smash Brothers, which also which, is what? in the office at uh, at IGN. And uh, man, yeah. Let me tell you, that game is so good. Mm-hmm. Like I did not expect to love that game as much as I have yeah. loved it so far. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of ways, of course, it's there is no such thing as the perfect game. Um, there are rough spots, and we'll talk about those. But starting off with what is good, holy cow. Like, I mean, where to even begin? The roster is really strong. The stages, for the most part, are really strong, with a few exceptions. I love the Mario Kart stage, Mario Kart 8 yeah, stage, really the good. Mario Circuit. Yeah. Because as the track goes upside down, you now have a wall to bounce people off of and send them off stage. And uh-huh. you can you either can get saved by that wall or really get killed because of that wall because you just bounce off at a high yeah. at a high speed. Yeah. I mean my initial my initial impression was I stepped into it, I'm like, wait, this you know, it 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 is so similar to the 3DS yes. game in that you know all the characters. You don't know all the stages. They're obviously different. Mm-hmm. And the music is awesome. There's so many tunes. It's crazy. 300 but plus tracks? That's just nuts. <laughs> but but then you start playing, and you, we're playing it on a big screen here. I played it on a on my regular TV at home. Which is a big and screen. And it's so, yeah, fairly big, but not like the 120-inch yeah, or whatever you have here. projector here. Um, but it's so fun. You just don't want to stop playing. It just it was designed for the couch. Yeah. It's a couch game. You want to sit next to your friends and yell. And so the part that I haven't tried out yet is what's it feel like when you're playing online? And, and that's what we're waiting for. You can for. yell before the match but not during, right? Yeah. Like what happens then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, it just feels right. The characters are interesting. If you force each, um, each other to vary characters too, it becomes really interesting because otherwise it's very easy to get stuck like playing the character that you're best at so, and not yeah. trying the new guys. I want to out Pear because Pear's kind of a jerk in Smash Brothers. <laughs> he oh, plays really? his Link. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I forgot. Too. I think I was playing as Rosalina. Link and Rob. And I play I, as Link when like everybody's strong. No, but he's also an opportunist because I'm here getting slapped around, and then he got slapped too. And as we're both falling, he looks over. I imagine this in my head: him just looking over to notice my character. Up B, and he takes me up and takes me out of the stage. Oh. <sighs> Uh, that's not actually that's called strategy it no, is strategy yeah, and then I, I won the match and but no, it's you totally okay. won like I, I don't I have toss, a chance I top pair that much. I, I don't have a chance against like the pro <sighs> players here like no, these guys they, they don't sleep at night yeah. I do they just sleep play at games. night yep. um, no but it was really fun I'm playing against my son always picks Charizard and he's a total cheese ball he, he always used the, I've seen used your son the, do this. yeah and he won against Fran in the first yes, match which was great I gave him five bucks I told him if you beat Fran in the first match don't tell him I'll give you five bucks he's like oh maybe I'll share the money I'm like nope you can't tell him he beat friend. I love that your son got paid money oh, yeah. to play a game before I, it's. I out. said he gets <laughs> twenty bucks if you totally humiliates him, but it didn't happen. Kids yeah. at school must yeah. be asking but, for but his autograph. But he uses uh, awesome. Charizard <laughs> is his side B. Basically, he charges forward or sideways. Oh man, he spams right that move. Yeah. yeah, and he spams it the whole time. And then he goes, "I'm not spamming." And then he does another attack when you're looking, and then he switches back but, to. But the cool thing about Charizard Smash is that, like, I kept on getting frustrated at that. I, I played new characters like Little Mac, right? Mm-hmm. Who who's who can be really touchy. And he's fast and stuff, but he he kind of doesn't have good like a good air game and mm-hmm. kind of vertical, upwards, yeah. no vertical. But I kept on getting my ass whooped with that character. So then I switched to Bowser, and you know the comeuppance happens. Sure. So like, of there's always a countermeasure if you have a player who loves a certain move mm-hmm. or loves a certain character, and just it feels really well balanced so far. Yeah, and even at eight players, we had uh, matches that of seven good. plus in the demo yeah. room because we had a huge screen, and it was a great time. Like we were all shouting, laughing, uh, you know, on the couches, and just saying, "Wow, this." This is quality right now. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to point out that we haven't talked about? Um, I wanted to sort of echo what Pear was saying a little bit. I, my experience is pretty similar, and I think it's going to be very similar to a lot of NBC listeners in that I had just sunk so many to- so much time into the 3DS version. So that sort of like tear open the package with my teeth and put the disc in for the first time I play it, um, my first impressions weren't really 
not they were it's not that they were negative but it, it was nothing like oh wow like that yeah. wow factor had sort of decreased because I'd put so much time in the 3DS version that's fair mm-hmm. so I knew the path to unlockables I knew what a lot of the moves and stages would look like I knew what a lot of things would shape up to be I knew the way the, the layout of the menu and stuff like that aside from a, and a few new modes so I sort of like was a little disheartened in being like you know, this is great, but it's sort of what I was playing, but on a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. But then you plugged in a GameCube controller. Well, then, then I plugged in a GameCube controller. Okay. And <laughs> then I was like, ah, okay. And I, everything started to click again. And everything came back uh, to The me. shoulder buttons, they're yeah. clicking. The yeah. click. Yeah, yeah. yeah the click. Um, and it, to me, it sort of felt like, yeah, you work. know, it was like it was like watching, you know, watching your favorite movie on an, on an iPhone or something like that versus watching it on an IMAX. Uh, or writing with a dull pencil versus writing with something that just flowed. It, and being able to go from the 3DS, which was, it's great. Now, I'll still go back to it when I'm on a cross-country flight or something like that. But I don't see myself going back to the 3DS version almost ever again if, the, if I'm at home and the Wii U version sitting right there because it just... I mean, no, I hear that. I, I, I'm, I'm a little weirded out at how how often I'm hearing people point out how irrelevant they feel the 3DS version is now and I don't think that's fair. I think that... I think it's interesting that that version... Like, we were all skeptical of it. It yeah. exists. They did a great job with it. Like, it is what it is and there's going to be situations where I'm going to use it. I'm going to prefer the Wii U one but I wouldn't necessarily like just cast aside and say, oh, it's irrelevant now. I'll never play it again. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah, And uh, you didn't. The, I'm just pointing yeah, that out. Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, the install base for the 3DS is and probably always will be bigger than the Wii U so there'll probably be always more people playing that. Um, I think it'll get the same amount of support in terms of uh, uh, updates and DLC Yeah, patches, and like absolutely. That. It is a massive, amazing, really meaty game with a ton to do but if I'm in my apartment and I have two choices, I'm going to grab the GameCube controller and yeah. play that on a big screen TV. Because sure. Smash Brothers, uh, I don't think I ever really put this together, but that game is absolutely gorgeous. And on the GameCube, it was great and it looked good. And once it came to Wii U, it looked pretty good because, you know. You mean Wii or you mean or Wii? Because yeah. it was widescreen, but it was never HD. But now. Mm. Oh my God. The presentation in that game is it, it's the one thing that makes it really difficult for me to really do anything else uh, I, um i was thinking that last night too when i was playing i was playing mario kart i was playing a little smash and like thank goodness this machine runs in hd now yeah. you know because yeah. you see what good artists they are and how good they are with lighting and colors and just smash brothers it's such a nice experience when it runs that smooth and mm-hmm. looks that good and mm-hmm. you forget too like in the heat of the most insane smash brothers battle on wii u you hit start and you start rotating the camera around. Yeah, yeah. Everything looks gorgeous here. Have you seen my photos? Yeah, Jose took doing? like 50 pictures. It looked like he went on like a weekend trip to Smash Brothers <laughs> with a professional <laughs> photographer. Uh-huh. Just amazing, beautiful shots. And I, uh-huh. I think all of that really adds to the production value of it. Um, it's it's kind of nice. I don't think I've had this a lot, but it's it's nice to have a Wii U game that you can pick up and play for 15 minutes. Yeah. A lot of the Wii U games I've had were sort of like Mario 3D World where I would sit down for three hours. Yeah. Uh, Mario Kart, I'd get into a Grand Prix, which is basically... Basically, about you know. I'm coming, honey. Just one more track. Yeah, one I got into track. that last night. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Smash Brothers is something I can pick up for five minutes to do a trophy rush and put it back down. And I think like that's sort of the the cool stuff about um, having a game like this on well, the Wii. Well, yeah, and I think the thing I love the most is the way they get so much out of something that it's ultimately just you're fighting all the time. Like, yeah. Or maybe you don't have to. Maybe you do what I did and you jump into okay. photo mode and you, you you know sort of you could even draw on the pictures now and do yeah. all that sort of weird stuff. But um. I definitely appreciate the mileage that they get out of just this core brawler, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's special orders and master orders and, and crazy orders. There's mm-hmm. classic mode. There's event challenges. The event challenges are really clever. Oh, they're genius. There was one, yeah, they're mean. Uh, yeah, they're yeah mean. some of them are mean. But um, there was one where you are playing as Jigglypuff and you have to put the kids to sleep. And yeah. It's the kid. It's, it's Bowser Jr. It's Ness. And it's villager, and you have to put them all to sleep using his uh, his rest ab- or his sleep ability. Yeah, basically mm-hmm. his upbeat. Um, and that was it's really cu- and it's happening in the gamer stage where the mom is patrolling. Like yeah. you couldn't get more convenient. And it, it's than cool because I I never picked that character ever, but that yeah. gave me a that, chance to play as Jigglypuff and all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Yeah, I, I think they're very clever. They they're clearly having fun with the scenarios yeah. for yeah. for with that game. That I was cursing over the Star Fox one. Where oh, I love yeah. that you one. You play as that Fox so much and fun. Falco and. Uh, Game and watches are falling from the sky with parachutes, <laughs> trying to land on your ship, and you got to punch them out of the way before they land. It's so mean. Yeah, yeah, we're putting it's a, game over the moment they touch the the fox. The, yeah, the and this, this is a let's like, play of it on IGN, by the way. Yeah. Check it out on Saturday. It's, or it's sort of what I was talking about before about Nintendo. They're sort of like they've got this 
they've got this foundation down. Now they're just sort of like flexing on top of it. Yep. Like well, they go, well, we have Smash Brothers. We could just keep that going forever. But what what can we do on top of that? And they're just like, how about this crazy mode? How about this crazy mode? Well, and what I really ap- appreciate about it most is that it's sort of relying on the key, the core element of what makes that game really fun, which is just fighting and play. And it's not a platforming stage. Like, I feel like in past Smash Brothers, whenever they've sort of shoehorned the adventure mode to it, like, it's sacrilege to some people to say it, but I've never felt it was a comfortable enough platforming action-style game. I just didn't feel comfortable yep. there. It was never good enough. I will agree it with you. It was never good to enough. To me, it's like, I loved having that value of playing through a, a side-scroller. I, I really liked it. And when I booted this game up, I have to be honest, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't a subspace emissary-type mode. I was like, oh, man, I really wanted an experience that I can play without others just as a single player that is different from the, the combat game, uh, the, the fighting game. And uh, I was disappointed. And then I remembered, I'm like, well, it wasn't really that good. It was more of a chore before. And I ultimately think they didn't cut it because they didn't have time. They they felt that it just wasn't as successful. Yeah. Now, granted, they put in the board game, which I don't think is successful so either. And maybe we yeah, and differ a little that bit That is that. definitely one of the negative points um, on it so far is that Smash Tour is weird. Yeah, um, weird and, it, it, and it's a weird mode for a bunch of reasons. I feel like um, it, it sort of distills what is fun about Smash Brothers, which is it's fighting, into very, very, almost painfully short uh, battles and missions. Like, you barely have any sort of moment to really appreciate what's going on when all of a sudden you're out and you're finished. Mm-hmm. And it's the most random rules possible in each one of them. I feel like in event mode, those things work better because just by text, they're painting a picture and I know what I'm dealing with. In Smash Tour, it's changing every two seconds, it feels. Yeah. And it's just, and it's a lot of waiting for people to roll dice. There's a lot of waiting to move around the board. So far, that is the thing about it. But it's such a small piece of, of larger game. Talk about Smash they tried. They tried to make it fast, right? It's not like if you go back in the old Mario Party days where it's like every character walks up, dice pop out, you have to roll, you wait. Like it took a long time to do anything. It's not like that anymore. I mean, it is sped up, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way all characters move at the same time. But then it's very chaotic and like I feel like – uh, I feel like strategy actually falls a little short. It's yeah. a little hard to be strategic in that setup. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. No, it was, it was a way. lot of chaos. Obviously, and if, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, you're moving your characters around on a board. It's in real time after you've rolled your dice, right? Like everybody moves at the same time. You've got to actually select the direction quickly because otherwise somebody can get, get to a character or an item yeah. before you are and, an upgrade. And the goal is you want to build up your character roster by picking up character portraits that fall randomly on the stage itself yep. because you are, you are prepping for a final battle where it's going to be your roster versus theirs. And whoever gets the most KOs wins. So even if you have the most characters, it doesn't mean you're going to win the mode. You could also be at a huge disadvantage because you got KO'd the most. Yeah. You know? And then they have it it has these, you know, in between the rounds you can use a power up. Like a power up could be punch somebody else out of the way when they come close to you, right? Those can and, be fun though. And those I are, love those. That's an interesting factor because like you can you're you are planning to screw somebody over but they may have a countermeasure against what you have right. and so it it that stuff is actually really fun but in in the end like i don't know it just doesn't feel good enough for me like yeah. i'm i'm definitely not going to spend that much time in that mode no. i feel like cuz the fighting is so good yeah why would That's, you yeah. Well, yeah why would you i honestly feel like my problem with that mode is it's it's very un-Nintendo in, in how unorganized the UI is. It's mm. just, it's sort of this giant mess <laughs> of like icons and badges and uh, little things and, uh, popping up all over the place. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. I think it's it's very uninviting to, to pull a, a couple people into that and be like, this is the board game mode. Now, historically, you say Nintendo's making a board game mode. Oh, it's Mario Party. Mm. Which it's is also s- boring. Sure. Yes. But for completely different reasons. Exactly. I mean, I, I think Mario Party has its own set of problems, yeah. which I, I loved some repeated. of the Mario Party games. Yeah, me too. Right. But Mario I think Party 2. Yeah. At, <laughs> at the very <laughs> least, I think Mario Party is straightforward, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know what's going on in it. And you have time to learn it. It's not, this yeah. one is daunting. And so I think it may get better if you have like minded players and you play over and over. I think you will get you'll into a groove it. and yeah. you'll, you'll find fun in there. But, yeah. but it's not easy to jump in and learn, that's for sure. Yeah. I, Mario uh, Party was. So I my thought. first mm-hmm. time playing it, I did not like it. My second time playing it, uh, I enjoyed it a lot more, but I did notice like one person in the room was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third time I've played it, uh, or the third time I ever played it, 
uh, no one in the room knew what was going on. Yeah. That mm. the brief slideshow at the start was just not enough it's for not people enough. to process. And, and that's where I feel like there's enough stuff there to do for multiple players. I mean, like you can play a classic with mm-hmm. multiple players, yeah. Yeah, right? You could, you could do group event challenges. Yeah, group the, event uh, challenges. Yeah, there's, there's, group, there's group versions of classic mode, all-star mode, uh, um, Coliseum or stadium, yeah. excuse me. Like so many options. It just feels like even though this is prominently displayed on the on the on the first menu you see, unfortunately I don't Okay, but let me ask you guys this, because this is a it's a it's a tiny it feels like a tiny sliver of such a huge game. It is. How much does this impact this review? I don't know. I I feel like it's such a hard thing to nail down for me. Right here's now. this is the only thing that baffles me. It's on the main screen. Yeah, right. Well, like you start they the you game, to think it's a big deal, and That's they show marketing. you the board game mode, which is, in my book, the worst mode in the game. Yeah, and it's on the main screen. Yeah, and so like it's almost like, hey, we're really proud of this. You need to play this, and then they bury all this other great stuff on yeah. like games and more, whatever it's called. Right. I would say it's the worst mode across both versions of this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's even. I think it's worse than Smash Run. Okay, but answer my question. What? How much does this? Like, I don't. You want me to teach you how to do your job? No, I just it's it's hard to factor in when the core fighting is that damn so, good. I got to yeah. be clear with you. Yeah, and when every other mode nails what it is, yep. this tiny mode doesn't feel like I just don't know how to approach. This. No, I agree with you. It's like when you're playing a game, a multiplayer oriented game that has a ton of game modes, and there's a great capture the flag mode and great you know crucible style or, or adversarial mode, free for all, whatever. And then there's one mode where you're carrying around pink skulls or whatever that's not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it weighs down the entire experience it if doesn't. that's what you're asking. That's no, I, I don't think so either. Like I'm just going to ignore this mode, but mm-hmm. because there's so much more and not just the 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 fighting overall but mm-hmm. all the different like scenario modes and things are good yeah you know okay yeah. i just wanted to throw that question out to you guys uh you can definitely come back to ign it's... to read that review on the 19th we'll have that up for you and a bunch of other content too so uh, we're sad go- to hear that you hate this game yeah or totally that, yeah. i do uh but one game i don't hate <laughs> uh before we go to break and we can talk about it but in very broad terms uh captain okay. toad treasure tracker Broad because you can't talk about much? We can't specify specific level motifs. Can I, there are certain ones we can talk about, but I don't want to sit here and ask you to try and remember which level. Can, okay, can I sort of sort broadly of state that I really, really, really enjoy this game? Oh, of course you and can. And it's one of my. I also can broadly it's, state it's one of my, I really, really it's enjoy It's one of my favorite Nintendo games in a while. And yeah. that's saying a lot because they're. They're really doing a lot of. They've cool been hitting stuff right it out now. of the park and with some games this yeah, year. Yeah, they've, they've had a cool year. It looks like a small game. It looks like something more like a push, push me or a, a, push, a, a, a push, mo push me or push me. <laughs> what are you playing? Uh, that, that's a llama from Doctor Doolittle, right? Um, <laughs> No, it's it, it looks like a smaller game, but then like when you guys all come back from these events, you played it, everybody's yeah. talking about all these different levels and clev- clever puzzles and how polished it is. So, I mean, there seems to be something to this thing. I, I think a lot of the stages, they are the, you know, I mean, they're all, all the stages in the game are these sort of like what are perceived to be bite-sized sort of puzzle boxes. But I think a lot of them actually have the sort of the scope and depth of a Super Mario 3D World stage, if okay. only because um, completing them one way is, is easy enough. But going back and collecting the three gems in each stage and then doing this, there's like this sort of arbitrary uh, extra goal that they set mm-hmm. for each level, which is uh, it ranges between uh, collect a certain amount of things or get a certain amount of things or uh, beat it in this many moves or do this without getting hurt or anything like that. And I think that ad- really adds to the replay value. And plus, the, the beauty of this game is that um, there isn't a ton of continuity from stage to stage. Just and like 3D World. Th- just like mm-hmm. 3D World. And the, it, it's presented in a book, right? Um, or chapters in the book. And as you turn a page, you're just like, you can go from a fire stage to an ice stage to mm-hmm. some weird smoky mountain to some haunted cave. and It's th- like California. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't need to explain to you why. Mm-hmm. There's no continuity there. They just go, hey, mm-hmm. here's another thing. And I'm shaking enjoy my head it. at what Pear just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> Continue. Uh, it's, it's actually <laughs> sort of, uh, having put a lot of time into it, I'm actually kind of surprised that this is a lower-priced game. Then say, I mean, it's a forty. That's the other game. thing that makes you form that opinion, right? Yes. Like you see yes. the lower price, but then again, yeah, it seems big. And in a way, it's it's almost like when I look at it, I think of how Luigi's Mansion was to Super Mario sixty four or some of those games. It's right. like seems like a spin off with similar characters. It but, feels like a smaller game, but there's still a ton of stuff. Yeah, in and it. I was gonna sure. say to echo Brian's point, there is a lot of creativity in Captain Toad, and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that you wouldn't. E- it's all very subversive and. 
some ways. Like every stage feels almost like some sort of like Rubik's cube that you're mm. just spinning and looking at and going, okay, how do I find my way through this diorama and get to the star that I'm trying to get to? Mm-hmm. And the entire time, uh, Captain Toad is terrified of everything. Yeah. Something sees me like, oh, he starts running like the other way, or um, you know, the, his animation is just. A, I I mean, there's no other word to say it. It's adorable. There's I can't wait till yeah yeah yeah. I can't wait till they announce the Smash Brothers DLC for that character too. That's, that's yeah. not happening. Captain, yeah, I, he can't he even gonna, jump. What is he going to do? He can't jump. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome, man. No. He can just fall. No, he can't jump. This yeah. so I think there are He'd be some... afraid of all the fights. He can he take not... like ladders up. Yeah, Marty had an idea. He said, uh, "Forget ice climbers. Put uh, Toad and Toadette as a combo character, and they're just afraid of everything." Yeah, <laughs> nice. There are some comparisons to Luigi's Mansion, like you said. I mean, there you do have a constantly terrified protagonist who has the inability. Of, of any aerial combat whatsoever. Uh, there are short, bite-sized areas that he participates in, or she. But uh, whereas Luigi's Mansion, I think you could beat that game in like two or three hours, right? And you sort of figured it out from the jump. There's a haunted house you're in, and that's it. This game uh, really Mario. differs from from page Mario from page to page. So that's what I I, I kind of really enjoy about it. There's sure. a lot. There's you a lot think of there's depth. a lot in it, but there I will is. say there is. yeah. But yeah. I will say that uh, unlike uh, Luigi's Mansion, there are more ties to the Mario universe than you would think. Whereas yeah. Luigi Man- Luigi's Mansion did feel like a spinoff because it's this big haunted mansion. You hadn't really seen you'd seen the ghost house in Mario games before, but mm-hmm. you weren't really ever tasked with exploring to find anything. It was yeah. almost like its own little. I don't want to say Metroid, but I want to say something close to that. In mm-hmm. fact, it was its own little adventure. Whereas this thing, it feels like everything is Mario, but relative to Toad. So, for example, there are no question blocks you can jump up and pu- and, and hit with your fist, per se. Mm-hmm. But you are pulling coins out of the ground. So the mm-hmm. ground, the little grass patches are almost like coin blocks in how mm-hmm. they present them. And there's a bunch of other little things like that that you just – you see these dioramas and you see all these little connections. Even the the, the pickaxe, did you did you find the, the pickaxe uh, – item yeah and how yeah. it turns into uh donkey kong. the donkey kong animation where it's just that fast forward um, and he's just you know. like how do i get this thing out of my hands oh my god uh there's something there's something very sort of uh charming and tangible about the game in that you have these little puzzle boxes and it almost feels like they're in your hand and you're spinning them around using the camera and then you're you're tapping the screen every now and then. He can't jump. So to get question mark blocks, you have to touch them to break them for him. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you almost expect them to look up and be like, hey, man, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so really you're the role of God in this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, right. you know, there's some touchscreen stuff that I think gets a little in the way. Um, the camera, it's it's actually, it's weird because it's the most hands-on camera I think I've ever seen in a Nintendo game. Mm. Nintendo has been polishing their their cameras. That sounds weird. For, for <laughs> polishing their cameras. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> since since Mario 64 in terms of the 3D space, right? And the, it, I think they've gotten better and better. And in Galaxy, you got to points where you didn't even think about it. Yeah. It was just there for you at all mm-hmm. times. And Captain Toad gets rid of all of that and suddenly gives you complete control over it. But it's it. a puzzle box, right? I mean, it I is. think it's supposed to be something that you are kind of constantly tinkering spinning with, and turning yeah. and tinkering with. And maybe if it, maybe that feels like too much, but I feel like that may have been the point from the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have one piece of news before we jump into the question block. Jose Otero here with Brian Altano, and we are down one man. We lost a pair. We lost a pair of pairs. But we gained our, our friendship and our Yes. Friends. You and I have never done uh, an episode alone together, have we? Actually, we did when we talked to Stephen Lent, good friend of the show. Remember when he brought in all that cool That's stuff? That's right. Yes, I remember That's that. Right. All right, well, we haven't done one since. No. So, in uh, the one piece of news that I wanted to talk about this week, before we jump into question block, uh, Smash 3DS sold 1.2 million copies in the U.S. It is the 10th 3DS game to do so. Now, I want to say it is the 10th, but I, I feel like technically it's the 9th because Pokemon X and Y is measured as two separate SKUs, but they're kind of the same game. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I Not to split that hair, and if 
you take the best of that. I apologize. Yeah. So Pokemon X sold 2.11 million. Pokemon Y sold 2.3 million. So what surprised me with these numbers, I don't know if you pulled them up, was uh, that Smash is pretty close to crossing Link Between Worlds. Uh, it did cross it. In it fact, did, right? Link Between Worlds sold 1.6 uh, million units, uh-huh. um, and it's since its release last year. Yes, Smash Brothers passed it at 1.2. Above that is Animal Crossing New Leaf at 1.42 million. Luigi's Mansion Dark Move sits above. Uh, actually, no, it's 1.36. Um, I'm going backwards. I shuffled some some of them around, but yeah, it definitely did outsell Link Between Worlds. So A few it, others what? on that list, just to finish that sure. off, I might as well. Ocarina of Time 3D, Super Mario 3D Land, New Super Mario Bros. 2, and Mario Kart 7, which so Mario Kart 7 sold 3.62 million. So what that tells me is more people will need to play Link Between Worlds because that you was do. a really good game. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't, you should definitely check yeah, it out. absolutely. Yeah, but it doesn't help that a lot of Nintendo games don't go on sale. So maybe, you know, yeah. for folks who wait, it's just like, well... I'm waiting forever. You wait forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is great uh, for for the first time we're seeing a Smash Brothers on on a handheld. Like it's good news. I think that there's they'll probably mean that like I was saying before there'll be more and more support for this game. Oh yeah. Um, I I think a lot of people were hesitant as to how it would work. It turns out it does works very well. Yeah. I think the yeah. Wii U version works a little bit better, which is great news that there's two versions of an of a great game out there. Sure. Um, so it's cool. It was cool to see that there's that there's that many million sellers on the 3DS. You know, absolutely. Yeah, and I wonder where Tomodachi Life sits on that list because I think in the West it sold a million, but I mean that's counting UK sales, not oh, just really? us. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, just putting that out there for folks. All right. So we have come to the question block, and we haven't done this in a while. No. And we're missing pair, and I'm sorry, but uh, in case you don't know. The question block is a rapid-fire question format show uh, inspired by uh, the work of some good folks over at 1UP uh, back in the day that you send us questions, and we try our best to provide answers. So I'm just setting up my timer really fast. We take about four minutes to try and answer your question, and here we go. All right, and the first question comes from Kevin. With uh, Nintendo really making big steps into digital games this generation, have you found any unexpected upsides or downsides to the transition? He basically uses the example that <clears throat> he doesn't need to rush out to the store to buy games that might have a typically low stock. You know, games like Bayonetta, possibly, or even uh, a good example is Xenoblade yeah. on Wii, that the digital games allow him to the ability to purchase a game even once it's disappeared from store shelves. Sure. You won't see anything like a $90 Xenoblade at GameStop when you can just download it. They are still pushing that, too. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but more importantly, are there any other sort of unexpected upsides or downsides? I just love the the day one, like midnight, I can just buy a game. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, the new preloading thing they're doing is pretty cool. Very um, cool. I like the... I'm, I'm a... Uh, I, you know, I live in a in an apartment. I don't have like a massive mansion or anything, despite what people think mm. IGN employees make. They have not you, seen that ring on your finger. That's true. Mm-hmm. This is big, big bling. Okay. Uh, it, but, you know, I, I want to sort of reduce the imprint of my game collection. So to me, having shelves and shelves full of games is not very appealing to me anymore. Okay. That being said, um, I do sort of miss, and maybe they are still doing it, but I'm just not doing it because I'm buying all my games digitally from Nintendo, but I do miss, uh, Nintendo does do some cool things with packaging every now and then. Mm-hmm. They do like a gold foil Zelda cover or they do... A green box Luigi green game Green box Luigi something. game yeah. or they do some cool stuff with all the WarioWare games always had like really cool manuals with stickers and weird scratch and stuff. Oh, yeah. like Absolutely. Stuff like that they've done throughout the years. So I will kind of miss that. I, I will miss like the, the Metroid Prime collector's tin and cool stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I completely agree with you, and, and I've just reached a point in my life where I don't like having a lot of games yeah. uh, out or uh, taking up shelf space, um, and having a digital library is convenient. However, on Nintendo platforms, it does come with the downside, and I am going to call it a downside, of the hard drive. Yeah, You have to have a hard drive. Like 32 gigabyte storage is not enough. And so you're, you have to look into these options. It needs its own power supply, or you have to take up two USBs. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing Smash Brothers, you're taking up the other two USBs with the controller adapter yep. for GameCube. Um, so I feel like it's just it's unfortunate. I'm going to have to start looking into a hub if I ever have eight people over, which I don't. I'm like The place I live in is definitely not big enough for that. Sure. But uh, if I'm ever in a situation and I'm not doing it at work, I have to do a little more work into finding 
finding like a USB hub or something. And I just feel like having all those peripheral attachments also starts to look tacky. Oh, it looks horrible. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's very cumbersome. I like I have, a, I have two TVs in my apartment, one in the living room, one in the bedroom. And every now and then I'll take the PS4 out of the living room and I have uh, a USB and a power cable just plugged into the back of the TV in my bedroom. I can pull the console out, put it in, and it's done. Yep. Everything's set. And yep. I just hit start in the PS4 controller and I start playing Far Cry or something like that. Absolutely. But I can't do that on my Wii U because in my Wii U there's a sensor bar. There's a giant power brick that I'd need to buy two of. There's a uh, external charger hard drive. And a charger for the gamepad. There's a charging cradle for the gamepad. It's a it's a giant octopus behind my TV of cables and mm-hmm. I don't want to touch it. And we were, I was saying to you the other day, the, uh, the way my apartment's built, the gamepad doesn't work from room to room. I guess because there's reinforce walls or something yeah. so i said oh i want to get some some cables to hook it up back there and i can't do that because yeah. i'd have to rebuy everything oh. that being said i do like being able to quick launch all those games from the wii u gamepad it's kind of cool to see this like to hit start or the home button and the gamepad home screen opens up and i see all of my digital games right there and i go do i want to play 3d world do i want to play mario kart it is really cool yeah not having to just get up and do that stuff and of course these are small time problems for some folks yeah. right because when you install a console at home you're not going to be moving it around when yep. joe when joe gamer sets this up in his room or jane gamer sets this up in her mm-hmm. room it's not about oh well i have to take this to the living room every once in a while i get that part absolutely and i'm not going to dispute it sure but i do feel like it is uh, unfortunately a byproduct of having to buy games digitally with a limited space. Yeah. And Hopefully course, that's something they fix the, in the future. The biggest elephant in the room that we have to address is the fact that Nintendo still hasn't made it that I really feel safe in downloading games digitally. Like, I do it because it's convenient. But if I lose them or I lose that hard drive, like, I'm still not sure that those will carry over to my next purchases or if I get a new Wii U or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Um, well, you can transfer stuff, but I, I do hear where you're coming from. You can. From. It's, a big, yeah. it's definitely a bigger fear for me on the 3DS, yeah. which is like, I think some Someone described once in an article, it's like handing a kid like a ten thousand, you know, a five thousand dollar gold chain or something, and telling her to bring it to work. Absolutely. Because now I have my 3DS. I've got all my retail games loaded onto. Remember it that time digital. at the hotel? I thought I lost mine. Yeah. You had a bigger heart attack than I did. Yeah, because it was They're just like, like you know man, how many games you have on that. I was, I was like, like, you're yeah. a Nintendo guy. You've got every game ever, ever made on the 3DS loaded mm-hmm. onto that thing because you need to. So yeah, and it, it's a fear. There we go, and we end with that. So next question comes from Jason Milner. Uh, I have a question regarding Amiibo. I like the idea behind it, but personally, I won't be purchasing any of the figures. Because of this, I may miss out on some nice additional content in the future. For example, the Mi character costumes in Mario Kart 8. My question to you guys is, do you think Nintendo will make additional Amiibo content uh, available via other means? Perhaps as DLC for the eShop? Question. So, Jason... I honestly don't think so. I don't think so either. I think the minute that happens, you are sort of giving people reasons not to buy the figures that you're putting out in the stores. And yep. if you're spending, if even if they're cheap to produce, um, <clears throat> it's it just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, not at all. Not no. unless this tanks, which I I just don't see Amiibo doing yet. I mean, sure, it's had a lot to prove up until this point, and we'll see this holiday whether the IP and the application is strong enough for it to really do well at retail. But, I, yeah, I just I don't see this happening. It just completely undermines what you're trying to build here, which is this Toys to Life platform. Yeah, I, that's you're exactly right. And I think um, Pear sort of hinted at it before. There's this, like, weird – and they, Nintendo knows this. They know about collectors, and they know mm-hmm. about – I mean, they, they started the gotta catch them all. That's right. <laughs> that was these guys. And, and Pear, who's a grown man with kids, sat there, and he said, I scanned in my Mario amiibo, and I got a Mario costume. But then I noticed I didn't have check marks next to the other one. So now I kind of want to buy all the rest. And he doesn't need to do that. That's hundreds of dollars. He could – buy his kids new clothes or something but instead he's thinking i gotta get that captain falcon amiibo so i can scan him in so i can get a captain falcon costume in mario kart just as a completionist a collector and they know that if you open those doors even the tiniest bit you're running through them and this is what i'm doing right now they said the other day the shulk amiibo is gamestop exclusive so right? you ran over the game no but i said I, I was like i don't care about shulk i don't care about that guy how dare you and then i sat there for a minute i'm like yeah but it's it's gonna be hard to find two years from now two years from now you're gonna be sitting there going mm-hmm. You really need that. And I know five minutes ago I was saying, I don't like a, a lot of bulk in my apartment. Trust me, this is a problem oh, I'm dealing yeah, with no, right now as a gonna, married man where yes. I was like, honey, look at this. And she goes, how many more of those are you getting? And I'm like, 
seven or eight, maybe 12. And she's like, where are you putting those? And I'm like, in a bag at work. Oh, don't worry. I'll hide them somewhere. This is why all your tchotchkes are at work then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But these are the conversations you have when you're a married man. Like, we have a set of glasses that we never use. And I was like, let's throw those out. And she's like, no. Nah, and <laughs> put the Amiibos I was like, put the Amiibos there. That's space for the Amiibos. <laughs> That's what I would have said. <laughs> throw this away. It's like, honey, when's the last time you wore this shirt? No, all right, cool. I'm going to put five Amiibos on a rack where that shirt used to be. <laughs> Get rid of these shoes, fill the whole box with Amiibos. <laughs> uh, I, I think they're going to uh, I think they're going to make these things uh, that right they're right now they're trying to sort of bolster what they can do. I think they, they're having a tough time proving that they're good for one specific thing, whereas Skylanders and Disney Infinity, you, you go, that works for these games like this. When it's then, almost required for those games. It is. Yeah. It is. And for Amiibo, it's a little different. So I think if they kind of say, that works for games like this, but it also does a little thing for this, and it does a little thing for this, it's added incentive, right? When I played Smash Brothers with my Amiibo, I'm like, this is cool. It's not like knock it out the park amazing, but I like having this level 35 Mario character as my 2P, helping me run through Smash modes against the opponents and the uh, the you know bad guys to unlock things. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can take that, and do that, and I'm like, that's one way of handling it. But then I can also take that same Mario, put him in Mario Kart, unlock something. Take that same Mario and put it in Mario Party or in Captain Toad or something like that, and keep getting mileage out of that same figure. Yeah, that adds the incentive for me to buy one. And yeah. if it doesn't, it's still a cool toy. Yeah, no, and it's true. And I think ultimately that's going to determine a lot of people and how they f- how people feel towards it. Yeah. It's how many different things am I getting out of this, and are those things cool? Yeah. Um, and in like Hyrule Warriors, I feel like the application's all over the place because you're getting one specific weapon because you use the Link figure, but then you're just getting random stuff with the rest. I appreciate that that exists, but it feels like such it's like the lowest hanging fruit possible. It is. Whereas it is. like Mario Kart Eight. You could make the argument that costumes are not the best thing in the world, but I want my Captain Falcon, and so I'm probably going to be a sucker and go for it. And I think that maybe that was a smart way to go. Yeah. Um, you know, but we'll see. Uh, and Captain Toad, God only knows what it's going to do in that. Yeah, there's, who knows? There's barely a to- – there's not even a Toad figurine. I don't know. I just <laughs> don't yet. know. Yeah, what happens? All right. Cool. So next question. We got a lot of questions about Amiibo lately. Uh, this next one comes from Phil. Uh, and he says, with the imminent release, also an Amiibo question, with the imminent release of Amiibo, I was reminded of Nintendo's announcement a while back that an adapter for the 3DS would allow Amiibo connectivity. However, to my knowledge, there's been no further information, and the 3DS and Smash 3DS have all been omitted from the Amiibo push. Do you think Nintendo's missing an opportunity here? With the large install base of 3DS, could Nintendo be using Amiibo on 3DS uh, as a better way to get people interested in Wii U? Uh, and then he goes on to say, with NFC built into new 3DS, one would assume that Nintendo wants Amiibo to be a cross-platform product. Should we mm-hmm. expect future 3DS titles to have Amiibo functionality? They've been clear and said, uh, Phil, that <clears throat> Amiibo is going to be a cross-platform product. But I think to them, uh, Wii U is in a situation where they need that to sell. Yeah. So why attach it to the other thing when you need it to sell on the console that's not doing so hot? And maybe that's a backward strategy. Some people would argue you're not giving it a chance to succeed if you're trying to present it to a small install base and entice other people to also cash in and buy that system as well. Yeah. But I would argue that you see how that does, and then you put out the 3DS sensor, and then you send out the update to Smash Brothers 3DS that lets you do all the same stuff. And that's going to happen. That's how it's going to roll out. Yeah, I think right now they're probably um, they're afraid of sort of confusing the message a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I think you go into a store and you see that sensor, you're going to buy it and think it has to work with the Wii U to play Smash Brothers on, and it's just <laughs> it's not even. Yeah, it's just confusing enough as is. And Nintendo uh, has enough problems on their hands this generation with sort of brand identity and confusion and stuff like that. Um, that being said, I think it's sort of a disservice to not have a, something like that ready at launch. Um, having it baked into the new 3DS is smart, but that's not something we can deal with here. Yeah, but you don't got to bring States. that hockey puck with you everywhere. Yeah, I'm not bringing yeah. that hockey puck with me anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we'll get there. Like, I mean, just overnight, they patched Amiibo support in the Mario Kart. And just one day, you know, you turn on your system, you hit update, and there's a little picture of an Amiibo in the corner. And you go, oh, and you click on it, and all of a sudden you're thinking about how Amiibos work with that game. So I think it's just a matter of them beaming out a patch overnight and adding that to the you know 3ds version um how they get that hockey puck out there is a different story we haven't seen anything from it there's been no retailer leaks of it nobody's got any pictures of what it looks like outside from a couple marketing shots that were like sort of the the slides a lot of presented at the keynotes they were just sort of like these blurry pictures of like oh what's that thing oh it's a hockey puck okay or the investors meeting i said keynote but yeah no you're right um i do kind of agree with them a little though i'm of two minds on the subject because i do feel like they are 
you know, with the bigger install base, you're just giving more people access to have to buy these things. But I just do think that putting it next to Smash Brothers is a big holiday game that potentially is going to do super well for them, judging by, you know, how the 3DS one went. Yep. Uh, and look at how Mario Kart went. Like that, Mario Kart might have the one of the highest attach rates to a piece of hardware in a long time to yeah. video games. Might be as high as Halo at one point. And apparently uh, Smash Brothers is pre-ordering even better. Yeah. So, and so, crazy. so Nintendo crazy. has been saying. Yeah, so maybe it is a missed opportunity, but I think, uh, and it's been said on this podcast before, that in order for Nintendo to stay profitable, they have to take very calculated risks Clearly, they thought this was the right way to take it. Let's see how it works out after the holidays for their financials. Sure. Ultimately, that's what's going to happen there. All right, cool. So we have time for one more question, and I'm trying to find one. Uh, let's go with this one because he's from Jersey. Jersey represent. What's up? Yeah, Jersey represent. Brian what's Altano. His name? Joshua. Hi, Joshua. This is a welcome, Brap Brap. Rap, rap. <laughs> That's his opening. Walmart, Best Buy, Target have all released Black Friday deals via the internet slash circulars. No mention of any substantial Wii U bundles or deals. Meanwhile, you can buy a PS4 and four games for 450 bucks, mm -hmm. And in at least one case, an Xbox One with one game for $330. Will Nintendo fix this before next Friday, or is there nothing to fix? Will this hurt Wii U sales this holiday season? So um, not having a major sale. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, <laughs> I feel like Apple gets away with this. Yeah. And I wonder almost if that's what fuels Nintendo's thinking that they can get away with this. Apple gets away with this because they can. Yes. Uh, Nintendo's in a different situation. They are. They're, it, what's, what bums me out about it is, like, as we were saying before, Nintendo, they're firing in all cylinders right now. They're creatively um, – and software-wise, I think they're, they're making some of the best stuff they made in a very long time. So why not fight to make those products as accessible to everybody else you know, as possible? It, it's, creating something is, is only half the battle. Promoting it and marketing it and selling it is the other half. And the more people that buy into that console, the more support it'll, it'll get as a whole. So lower the wall, the barrier of entry, basically. Or give them a hot bundle that yeah. they can jump into. And so far, Amiibo doesn't have a bundle. It is very much... I mean, it has a Smash Wii U bundle, like sort of the game, and I believe an Amiibo figure. I may have seen that for mm -hmm. Europe. But in terms of, like, get a console and an Amiibo and this and this other thing, yeah. they haven't announced a bundle for that. And for some folks, they're just like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, I don't know. Again, this boils down to, I mean, I don't know the business side of games that well. I'm going to be honest. But for a company like Nintendo right now, the, the the key thinking um, is how do we maintain a level of profit so that we don't go into the next financial meeting and say, yep, we had a loss again. Yeah. And last financial meeting was sort of that, right? Because of the exchange rate, we found that they actually were able to turn a profit for the first time in a while. Um, so it, it, they're in a weird situation, and maybe it is a missed opportunity to have that bundle. But I also feel like can they afford to take another loss or to eat away some of their profits because they brought the price down so long? I, I mean, mean, I don't know. I think I think you do it for a weekend, right? Yeah. You do it for three days and yeah. use, or a day, Black Friday. You see what happens. And oh. um, even if it isn't a bundle on their end, they work with retailers to package a bunch of pre-existing uh, stock together. And you yep. say, take this Amiibo, take this game, and take this console and but, bundle them. But look what you're getting with a, with a Wii U. Just to, to, cl to close this out a little bit, um, 3D World, Nintendo Land, like both bundled into the package already like sure. what else do you need it could also be the counter argument here well i don't think it's the bundle as much as it is the the price okay. um, and people see that sticker shock and what is it 350 for all those things something like that let's go to amazon so i mean quick. i saw a deal today that was uh gamestop announced that you can buy a ps3 and the last of us for 250 dollars and like, yeah, that's a last-gen console, but you're getting a hell of a good deal and a hell of a library with that. And if I didn't own a video game console and I wanted to get in on one, I mean, a PS3 and The Last of Us for $250, like, I would have asked my parents for Christmas for that. Best know? Buy, the U.S. dollars, two ninety nine. Yeah. So, yeah. So roughly, you know, closer to three fifty after yeah. tax, so probably three thirty, yeah. depending on where you live. So, I mean, that's that's it's a good deal, but it's, you know, if, if people are looking at it just power-wise, you know, then it's a... The PS3 deal with The Last of Us is a far better, a far better bundle than that. But I think you drop at fifty bucks for a weekend, you know, or maybe you add in another game for that. So when somebody, it's it's all about the games with Nintendo. It's not about using it as you know uh, the a Twitch streaming device or anything like that. I was just so, thinking that. Yeah. So I mean, you want to have a box that you open it up and there's, 
You know, like throw in Rayman. You know, throw in. Uh, you mean that character they put a trophy in Smash Brothers? Yeah, that guy. That guy. He has his own game, and it's great. Like throw yeah. in one of those. You know, um, uh, bundle things. Throw in a, throw in some zombie use that are lying around. Yeah. <laughs> You know? I don't know if anyone wants those. I will say I this, though. Um, I haven't done a great job also of checking when they've announced uh, previous like sort of sales and bundles like yeah. near the holidays and if that's ever even been a thing. So I almost wonder if, you know, is two weeks enough? If let's say Monday we walk into the office because next week is the 21st and then mm-hmm. the following week, that Friday, is Black Friday. Is that enough time to drop a a, a, a limited console bundle and get people I don't excited? Know, man. The, kid, the kids are writing their Christmas list literally as we speak. Yeah, so I know you are fighting for space on that list. That that list is the most important place in the world right now. It is, and Smash Brothers definitely gets you on that list. It gets yeah. you in the door, but you need something to get a parent on board too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I right. mean, I, I noticed some deals with like the 2DS and stuff like that. that oh yeah, that's always rich. That, it's been cheap. So right that's now, happening yeah. there. It's weird that they're. There's sort of like I saw some retail exclusive bundles for the 2DS, dirt cheap to get a yeah. 2DS this time of year. Yep. They just announced the two new translucent colors, so they yeah. know Black Friday exists. They know about this whole this time of the year. They're just not really pushing on the Wii U front. Which what is do you puzzling. think of those colors, by the way? Not a fan. Okay. Yeah, I love the concept of a of a clear one. I think if it was just like white clear, it'd be okay. Okay. But um, I mean, I grew up with the with the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. I remember when they made the original. I think it was the Game Boy Color, the clear one. Yes. It was like a clear purple. I thought it was great. But I was a kid, you know. Now I'm kind of more of an adult. So you would not buy the clear purple? No, I, I mean... A, it was I, purple or clear purple? Yeah, That's what like you got a, for a color. Clear white, a clear white one or a clear black one. Like a, okay. a smoke gray would have been cool. But. Yeah, uh, I was at a store not too long ago and saw that Mario Kart 7 is yeah. the current bundle product for 2DS. Unless yeah. you can get lucky and find one of the Pokemon X and Y ones. But that's yeah. about to be irrelevant as of Black Friday also. Yeah. Because Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire will yep. be here. Yep. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, another episode in the books of Nintendo Voice Chat. We did it. We made it. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we have to leave, leave flowers for Pear somewhere. <laughs> He's not dead. He'll be back. But uh, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, but we are not the only piece of content on IGN. Who knew? In fact, fe- features, videos, previews. Once again, the Smash Brothers review will be on the site uh, November 19th at yeah. 9 a.m. Pacific time. So make sure you check the site to or put that into your time converter to see what time it is in your area. Uh, so make sure you come back and check that out. Uh, and we also have other podcasts for you. Podcast Unlocked is a fantastic show. Yep. Podcast Beyond is a fantastic yep. show. Uh, Tech Fetish is coming on up. You should check that out as well as the Arena podcast. Yep. Um, and we've got other ones globally as well. That said, if you have feedback on Nintendo Voice Chat, make sure you email it to uh, nvc at IGN.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Or if you have uh, more specific feedback and you want to rate how we're doing, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a show review. We read all of your feedback. We're not kidding. We swear. Lastly, sharing Twitter handles, you can find Pear at, this is my best, Pear IGN. <laughs> you can Pear find IGN. You can find Brian at? Agent Bizzle. And send him congratulations because he just got married. Oh, thank you. And uh, you can find myself at Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. <laughs>